I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? And this is four. Damn, times done changed. These thugs do what they like. Some of them be your friends to trying to find a new wife. And still hit the block and sling rocks at night. But you can be dead wrong with your pockets right. Contrary to what the legendary big had to say. You don't have to sell drugs or make the NBA. It's easy to get a grant and get an MBA. To achieve one goal, there's more than one way. Young people on the whole, we have lost our way. I don't care what it costs. I'm not impressed, my nigga, that throwback jersey. Is a dress, my nigga. I remember diamonds used to be a girl's best friend. Enslaving black children with the third world gems. I don't care about your rims. Kids ride big wheels up until they learn balance. And it's obvious you have it with way more ego than you have true talent. And this is for. Damn times done change. These thugs do what they like. Some of them be on Friendster trying to find a new wife. Friendster was a site. God, I guess like MySpace. I don't even know if I had a Friendster account, but I had heard about it. And I heard about dudes trying to get girls on it. I think probably that's why I wasn't that interested at the time. Some of them be on Friendster trying to find a new wife, still hit the block and sling rocks at night, but you could be dead wrong with your pockets right. Dead Wrong, one of my favorite songs uh, by Biggie. Relax and take notes while I take totes of the marijuana smoke. Throw you in a choke, gun smoke, gun smoke. He smokes for mayor, the rap slayer, the hooker layer, motherfucker say your prayers. I think it was out in the mixtape era. Then they added uh, Eminem to it when it came out on the deluxe anniversary edition, which was, whoo, man. The devil worshiping horses said human sacrifices, cannibalism, candles and exorcism, animals having sex with them, camels, mammals, and rabbits. But I don't get into that. I kick the habit. I just beat you to death with weapons and eat through the flesh. And I never eat you unless the fucking meat looks fresh. I got a lion in my pocket. I'm lying. I got a nine in my Pre Machiavelli, I would say B had a better albums than Pac. Machiavelli to me is a better album than both Biggie albums, but I, my, they made some of my favorite records, so it's not disrespect. Um, so, but this is how I lead into that line. So they still be dead wrong with your pockets right. So selling crack is bad. I'm still, this is me, the beginning of an era of me coming out of the 80s and early 90s where you were a geek if you knew anything about computers to dudes I knew that were actual killers and drug dealers having accounts on Friendster. Because you could get pussy that way now. This was the beginning of now thugs are online all the time. You can definitely find some real motherfuckers online. No doubt. But it was still blowing my mind. This is before comic books were hit movies. And like all the geek culture that has been shifted and turned on its head now. That is just normal every day. Everybody, everybody knows who the Black Panther is. Like you couldn't throw a rock and hit a fan of a Black Panther comic book. That or that knew what the word T'Chaka or T'Challa meant in the nineties, even in between before two thousand and ten. Namor, Namor, man, come on, bro. 
Captain America and Superman were the same person to most people. Uh, a Commodore 64 and a Tandy or a fucking uh, Toshiba. Like, no one knew about computers. The internet wasn't a place. Chat rooms, thugs weren't in chat rooms. But when you could have a picture and then you could actually meet the girl, bro, I was, I was witnessing this real time. Um, now it's commonplace, but at the beginning of this shit, nah. <sighs> Contrary to what the legendary Big had to say, you don't have to sell drugs to get an MBA or, or join the NBA. Either you're slaying crack rock or got a wicked jump shot. Contrary to what the legendary Big, I want to always make sure to put respect on his name. And everyone's name, because this is rap. It's not that fucking serious. I still can't understand how people come from the fucking streets and see the shit that's going on outside, bro. And bring this shit into a place where we can make actual money and a living and be a blessing to others in our community. What the fuck is wrong, bro? Talk your shit, bro. I had this conversation with many rappers over the years through the pay dues. I'm never going to hate on your money. You want to talk shit cool? I try not to diss anybody in raps, by name at least. What the fuck is the point, man? See that motherfucker, man. You go write a song, just go see him. And then put it on like, yeah, I'd be such and such ass. But rapping about it before you get to it is, uh, subbing people is like, uh, but still, they're just words. I am going to left turn. Sorry. And I don't have to make this an hour. It's going to be hard. On tour, there was a guy, we were in North Carolina on the Love and Rockets tours. Me, Tabby Benet, Ski Beats, sitting at a table. It's Halloween. There is a man in blackface that comes into it with like foil on his teeth and a dreadlock wig. Two nice looking younger white women with him and another guy, a regular preppy college dude with the hat and a like, you know, fucking full on polo with the sweater over his shoulders. The khaki shorts, even though it's October, boat shoes, the white guy in college. Apparently this drunk guy is a hanger-on. I'm sure there's like a, a, a associate. Nobody wants to be associated with him. You know, he's being a dick. He has fucking blackface on. It's just prime fucking fuel for uh, me and Tabby and Ski Beats to stomp this dude out just on GP. I'm like, nah, I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> UNC is a very, very, very rich white school. I'm not taking a bait, bro. Not tonight. I got a, a tour. I got a job. I got a kid. Fuck this. Let it rock. I'm let dude do let you rock, bro. Just stay the fuck away from us. So he gets he doesn't even say anything to us. I think he gets maybe shook in when he sees us. Cause he's just going to sit with the girls. And I think maybe the girls and the guy came to sit next to us hoping we'd get him out of there. He goes away. When he goes away, the girl's like, he is not with us. He is not with us. I'm like, cool. None of my business. I'm going to eat this nasty ass. The food is horrible. I didn't care for the food. But it's there for me at night. But I'm grateful it was there. Yeah, and I don't eat meat, so I'm not their target demographic, by the way. He comes back. He hits the flips the guy's hat. Bro, why are you flipping my bill? Don't flip my bill, bro. Y'all flip your bill. So he flipped his hat off. That was like a real white dude, a grab, move of a grab, mark of aggression. Like, where are you from, cuz? Where are you from, blood? Fuck that. Like, flip the bill, man. Oh, flip the bill. Dude's like, whatever, man. He took the dude's plate and 
dumping on him, bro. Me, Tabby, Tabby, I just saw what Tabby in Egypt, he didn't say he didn't remember this spot. I remember us bracing like, oh shit, he has to kill this nigga now. He has to for sure kill because he's dead. Oh shit, he like, he just threw the food on him. Like, he just had a whole tray of food dumped on him. I told the story so many times in hopes that it will wake up black and brown youth. The guy said, whatever, bro, I'll just buy another plate. Got in line, dusted himself off the best he could and bought another plate. The dude didn't know what to do. He just walked out into to the night. He walked off into the night. He had tried everything without, because he's a fucking coward, obviously. But without, you never give a coward a reason to be brave because they're scared and they're going to react. Whatever insecurities they're fighting has their has put them in a corner. And they're lashing out in hopes that someone will make them push off that wall and attack. But they really don't want it. He didn't take the bait and the dude had nothing left to do. Checkmate, motherfucker. I'll just buy a new plate. He looked like a baller to the girls. They didn't have to fight. They're going to have sympathy for him for the rest of the night. Because it was obvious. Like, it wasn't obvious. He wasn't, it was obvious to them. Like, he wasn't threatening the girls. Like, it wasn't, he didn't go out like a sucker. He didn't make the girls feel unsafe. It would have been about his ego if he fought the dude. And then somebody would have had a bloody nose. And to most women, that's abhorrent. And they, it wouldn't have went anywhere. But I'm sure he got some good, intimate, smoochy kisses, as the Bluey character says. Now's your chance for a smoochy kiss. All right. Maybe more. Had a nice, intimate evening. Maybe got a back rub of sorts. And no one got shot. No one went to jail. It was amazing to me. It was a jaw-dropping moment. You can always buy another plate, bro. You can always buy another plate. To achieve one goal, it's easy to get a grant and get an MBA. To achieve one goal, there's more than one way. Young people on a whole, we have lost our way. This is me like knowing my fan base isn't black, so I'm not trying to say, but really is to black people, but even some, you know, non-black Americans with privileged, let's say it's privileged Americans, black, white, whatever, that uh, are obsessed with money, you know. To achieve one goal, there's more than one way. Young people on a whole, we have lost our way. I was listening to a sermon coming back from my run where I fell Sunday morning, listening to the sermon on the way there, shot KJLH. And the man was saying just like he saw a person with a shirt that said, I am my ancestor's wildest dream. And he said he felt three ways, you know, he loved it, and then he felt ashamed because, like, some of us are not. Harriet Tubman led motherfuckers through the swamps in the middle of the night so that you could get on a microphone and say, so that you could stand on a street corner and do? Nah, they would be crushed. People used to stop telling you to stop using the N word because of our ancestors. And I just, I saw my great grandmother call my great grandfather a nigga a lot. That skinny nigga, like, my great grandmother did not care for white people. My great grandfather was very um, tolerant and accepting for someone born in 1908. My great grandmother was like, you know, her sisters, my great grandfather had to go free her sisters, like, pull up in his pickup truck and sneak her in the back and drive her off of someone's property. So my great-grandmother was a little bit more harsh. She'd, get them crackers off my porch. She did not play. Sorry if that word offends anyone. 
Uh, but that was just me quoting something. Yeah. But she used nigga. And I, I, I feel with her sense of humor, she may have gotten a kick out of how many white people want to use the N-word. But we'll get there. But yeah. Are we our ancestors' wildest dreams? Some of us are. Some of us are our ancestors' most horrific nightmare. To achieve one goal, which is financial freedom or financial, yeah, financial freedom, there's more than one way. I don't care what it costs. I'm not impressed, my nigga. That throwback jersey is a dress, my nigga. I remember diamonds used to be a girl's best friend. Enslaving black children with some third world gems. I don't care about your rims. Kids ride big wheels. Up until they learn balance, and it's obvious you have it, with way more ego than you have true talent. And this is for. You know who it's for not for? Which I just recently, so I've been running back to this marathon because I'm trying to get y'all to donate. I got to get to this $5,000 goal at least. But I've been running, and one of my favorite rap songs of all time, and one of my favorite rappers of all time, is Lil Wayne. BMJR, Birdman Jr., that song. It's one of the best raps ever. Mainstream people who have platinum records that could still wrap their ass off. Lil Wayne is the one in that category. Just like ferocious, like raps. Like Hove is one of the greatest. M is one of the greatest. Like, you know, just like people just like if you're going to have that debate, like Eminem has hungry raps on the level of Birdman Jr., but he doesn't have club records on the level of Lil Wayne. Hove has club records and street records on the level of Wayne, but he doesn't have. Like, Hov is not ferocious. He's too cool to be ferocious. And that's cool. I'm just not comparing them. But, like, I come from that 316, that song on this album. Like, I'm rapping, rapping. Like, when I get in, like, I like LL Cool J. I like Run. I like people who put some uh on it, you know? Sticky fingers. Like, uh. I, you know, I'm not a Nas, Rakim school. I'm not a cool rapper school. Even though I respect it, I just, that's not where my heart is. So Wayne, Birdman, man. So I'm jogging and I've heard this song so many times. And now like when I'm in the, your brain clicks off at a certain point of time, like around seven mile, eight mile, like I just clock out. And I, I start hearing these songs in a different way. I got 80 something songs. I got five minutes and 40 five hours and 40 minutes worth of music because that's how I, I want to finish the marathon in that time. It's not beautiful, but it'll be a miracle. And uh, I hear this line for the first time. I have heard this song since the album dropped hundreds of times. I almost know it by heart. But people say that I am a kid still because the little niggas still ride on big wheels. You feel an animal that come on and get killed. And people say that I am a kid still because the little niggas still ride on big It hit me about a month ago during my run. Now, if you fast forward from this album, this is big. Like, after this drop, uh, DJ Drama called me. Uh, my life starts changing after this record. 
especially in the black community, like the 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 BT uncut and then working with Knife Wonder and Knife doing all the things he did and Little Brother doing like this put me in some conversations in my name in rooms, premieres, knowing who I am now. Uh, after this, the little brothers do the get back and Wayne's on it. Word up, I say I don't have nothing if I don't have you. Like Shade, we got the sweetest taboo. And my game is skin deep like the first tattoo. I get all in your head just like shampoo. I just want to fuck with you like rude police. I don't want a broken heart because I lose the pieces. Hey, girl, don't play with my gangster and have the boy blue like the Texas Ranger. And I don't know the truth. I've heard rumors, not from anybody in the group, nor Ninth Wonder. But the what I hear is that to get Wayne to be on the album, Wayne wanted to rap on a Ninth Wonder beat. For Wayne to be aware of Ninth Wonder means he had to have heard some Ninth Wonder production, possibly my album. Now, why do I think this was directed at me? Because he said, I say, I don't care about your rim. Kids ride big wheels up until they learn balance. And it's obvious you haven't with way more ego than you have true talent. And people say that I am a kid still Cause the little nigga still ride on big wheels You feel an animal then come on and get killed A sick pill bandanas like bananas Backpackers love to take shots at gangster rappers. I am not one of those backpackers. I am from the inner city. I, 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 I love gangster rap more than I love conscious rap. I know more E-40 songs than any human being alive. Dub C. Like, this is the stuff I grew up on. It's the stuff I'm listening to while I'm making this album. I do not, I've never heard the Black Star album. After the second Roots album, I know two songs. No disrespect to them, but I just, that's not my thing. That's, you know, I keep familiar with hip-hop, but it's not my passion my passion is gangster rap because it's, that's my environment it's what i grew up in it's what i relate to i'm a black man from inner city los angeles man um so it wasn't a shot at wayne i'm i take shots at gangsters who couldn't rap trying to rap if you can rap or your story's authentic i feel like you should get it off but this was when rap was getting to a point where there are certain people making garbage music with no substance that were, I don't want to say names, but I think if you know, like, you know, like, these were the people that I was talking about, like, fucking up the game. If you can't be dope and pretend, you're just going to pretend and not be dope, that's not okay. If you're going to tell your story and you're not as skilled, okay. If you are really a drug dealer, I don't expect 50 to have the bars of Aesop Rock. We only humans, girl, we make mistakes. To make it up, I do whatever it takes. I love you like a fat kid, love cake. You know my style, I say anything to make you smile. Technology, focus on the other shit. 3D printed body parts, dehydrated onion dip. You could buy a jet ski from a cell phone on a jumbo jet. T-E-C-H-N-O-L-O-G-Y, it's the ultimate. He didn't have the access to those books and that opportunity. But he had an authentic experience that he was able to translate. And once he got on, he started putting like-minded individuals and giving opportunities to many people that come from the same circumstances. I'm for that. I'm not here to analyze 50 Cent's lyrics, but I respect his authenticity. There are people who were seeing rap as a lick if, they, if, if they're if they black. And I a lot of black kids, it was like, it was like black kids that went to private 
schools that were really from privilege and or from well-to-do parents that felt like to be black to their white friends, they had to be thugs. Those are, this is who that line was for. It was not for Wayne. Why do I think Wayne was talking about it? Because he says, people say that I'm a kid still because the little nigga still rides on big wheels. The next song after this is what song? The Animal. You feel an animal, then come on and get killed. I don't want little Wayne to kill me. I'm like the biggest little Wayne fan. I literally had every Hot Boys album and every Wayne album up until they didn't sell physicals anymore, I think. I had every only time I fell off a of little Wayne was no ceilings because I was telling y'all I, I couldn't keep up with mixtapes because I'm on the road. So when that hit me, I was like, I hope that young man didn't think that that was directed at him. He's in my top five. It's him or Juvie, depending on the day. E-40, Ice Cube, LL Cool J, Q-Tip or Jay-Z, Lil Wayne or Juvie. I'm not making any decisions. Those, that's my top five. LL, Q, E-40, stay. But um, I have tremendous respect. So I'm like, yo, like, and this is me rapping, not thinking Lil Wayne is going to hear my raps. And maybe he still hasn't. But when it hit me the other day, I was like, fuck, that could have been bad for me. Or not, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that could have been a fight or a situation I had to diffuse or deal with. Cause this man thinks that I don't know, man. Like I think poor gangster rap, the pretenders fuck it up for Wayne. And people who are, I don't know what Wayne's story is. Some people say he's fake, some people say he's real. I don't know. What I do know is that he can really rap. And I, he's a person like I he could really skate better than me. He's somebody that got just went all the way in. Those are the things I respect about him that I can say I know about him because I've seen the evidence. I don't know what kind of father he is. I don't know what kind of businessman he is, label owner, what kind of blood he is. I don't know none of that. So I wasn't taking shots at him, but I felt like maybe he thought I was with that. It was, you know, like, wow, this album, like for me in my mind, and I could be wrong, but like, okay, Drake has heard this album. Cole has heard this album. Kendrick's heard this album. Now Wayne has heard this album. Like, this album was more important than I thought it was. And maybe it's all not true, but the possibility exists. But at this point, I'm not thinking about any of this. Back to the song. And I, I will say this. I've always tried to not disrespect any black man in public by name. If you are black and you slander other black men, I don't know where you get that from, unless you really have to. You know what it's like to be a black person in America. Why would you make it harder for another black man? Pull him to the side. I just don't see it in other communities, in in the Chicano community or in the Jewish community, in the Egyptian community, like... When, or in America, what I mean, like in America is challenging. When you're in America, when you're in a group of like-minded people and everybody's calling everybody out, cool. But when you know that you're at a disadvantage because of the color of your skin in this country and you choose to throw another hurdle in front of a black man or a black human or a person of color or just anyone that's a minority or that's like, come on, bro. That's how I feel. That's just my feeling. We don't. And once again, since I don't like to disagree with black folk in particular like i'm not gonna disagree with you bro do your thing but behind closed doors i'll let you know by name i could this behavior needs to be addressed to me the celebration of thug life and blah blah, blah. i mean naming names is it to me gonna make people change more it's only gonna hurt i wanted to make a uh, album to 
a song, this song to encourage and 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 uh, criticize both sides. There's no course to this. I had, and this is for, and I'm gonna say the pimps and the hustlers, the whites and the blacks and the blah blah blah. And this is for the us and the fronts and the front and the people in the front and the right to the back. And I was like, shut your ass up. And this is for. Once again, I spent all night writing something, and this motherfucker's like, nah, nah, just let it. I was mad as fuck, but he was right. He was right. This is the slaps, and it did not need my black ass saying nothing in the chorus. Just, ooh, 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 ooh. And this is fire. Any white boy who thinks he knows my struggle, cause he listens to Pac and his adrenaline doubles. Now I ain't got problems with you being yourself, but when you front and use the N-word, it just don't help. I might not trip, and your friends will laugh at you, but I know some real niggas that'll straight up slap you. Now you could be down, but let's act rolled up, cause we ain't the same color when police show up. My culture's not a trend, being black is not in, but for you it's just a phase, you're gonna have to transcend. Wow, even if I tried, I could never blend into society's mainstream american dream yeah it's all one love but remember one thing this music is my life not a cultural fling it's an expression of the soul when we dance and sing and you are blessed to have a chance to even glance the scene and this is for any white boy who thinks he knows my struggle because he listens to Pac and his adrenaline doubles. Now, I ain't got trouble with you being yourself, but when you front and use your N-word, the shit don't help. I might not trip, and your boys will laugh at you, but I know some real niggas that'll straight up slap you. Uh, There are people I'm meeting as I travel. New York was one of those places. I was outside of SOBs. I don't know if it's been said here, but this is the one of the few rites of passages. Passages I remember being with my um, um, my native homegirl on her land, and she was showing me a a a mountain like a like a what was it called? Like a, just a one piece of rock, a huge uh, I can't think of a monolith that men in her tribe would climb. And if you didn't do it the right way, like some people came down and they were never the same. Blah blah blah. Like it was real, and we don't have many things like that and I'm stretching it but I feel like SOBs is one of those places whether it's me whether it's Kendrick whether it's Farrell whether it's uh, Cole whether it's Big Sean whether it's uh, Stat Quo whether it's Cannabis I feel like we've all done SOBs I love New York Studio thinking about what's going on right now. Freestyle, I'll write down whatever. It's gonna come on clever. I just need to free my thoughts and Lord knows that I know better. If you are to be respected in this culture, you have had to do a show at SOBs. And it's not saying you're not if you haven't, but I just feel like it's something we've all been to. It's a club where there's no backstage. It's New York City. It's the birthplace of hip-hop. 
it's 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 you're right up in, in up in the crowd's face. Like there's no barriers. It's not Webster Hall. It's not because that's the next step. You know, it's not Bowery Ballroom, but doing SOBs. It used to be, I think, was it Wetlands? Like Wetlands, SOBs, but SOB has stood the test of time. Uh, I don't know, Sounds of Brazil. I don't know who owns it or whatever, but there needs to be a documentary about that place, or maybe there is, but God bless them. Because even when, when you were saying SOs, I wasn't even thinking Club SOs. I'm thinking SOBs because niggas do call SOBs SOs. Like, you know, just for short. But there is a Club SOs too. They gotta cut that shit. But yeah, I was coming out of SOBs, one of my first New York shows, and a white dude came up to me like, oh, yo, what's up, my nigga? You was mad nice. Uh, and someone, I think someone grabbed me. Was it Poison Pen or Guy and Gaston? They listened to the podcast. Shout out to Guy and Gaston. One of my New York, like, pumpkin head, like, somebody had to explain it. Rest in peace to um, PH. God bless him. And it, like, grabbed me. Like, yo, 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 chill. <laughs> I'm like, what'd you say to me? Like, I had never in my life See something like that. And then, they, then he was with it. He was like, hey, let him go. What's up? I'm for 40 projects with blah, blah, blah. Prince Poe, that's my nigga, blah, blah, blah. And I had never ex- met a white person that lived in the projects, but there are like Eastern European families that get settled in the projects in New York. And, you know, people start educating me. I'm like, okay, or he could be Latino. And I like, it's just different politic, man. And yeah, that's the difference between Britain and the Czech Republic. America is just one country where we happen to speak the same na- language, but as far as distance and cultures, like, it's a very different culture and I'm not, I'm just, people of color are telling me to chill, I chill, but um, there are also people, and, I, and once I, you know, maybe his story is authentic, you know, like, I just had to learn and navigate that, but it pissed me off when you think that you're, because we ain't the same color when police show up. You know what I'm saying? You could be down, but let's act growed up. We ain't the same color when police show up. <sighs> Man, there's so much to break down in these lines. I went to a meeting at CAA in LA the other day for foster youth. By the way, uh, the county of Los Angeles has more foster youth than any state, than any country on earth. If you have the ability to foster, I have four boys under my house. One of them is adopted. I cannot at this point. But if you have the ability to, as I tell people all the time, like when you get a child that you love and you're really like, try it. Yeah. Anyway, CAA is an agency. I think that's what it is. I've never been in because I've been with um, Wasserman or Paradigm for years now. Never been in there. Booked lots of artists. They were really kind to me. They hosted this thing where they're trying to get uh, bigger corporations in the entertainment industry to recognize foster parents as just to get the same rights and time off and support that other parents receive. And all of Netflix, everybody was tremendous with the, the, the things they're doing. So if you haven't met with your HR or whatever, you work for one of those companies, see what type of benefits and assistance are available to you for adoption and fostering. It's needed. Shout out to Julie from FYI who um, invited me to the meeting and uh, is also a foster parent. That building used to be a movie theater. We went to see X-Files when I was a kid. And there was another kid in there and there's a white kid who's so in, in a more ritzy part of LA. It's mutated. Into what? I can't tell you what killed this man. I'm not sure anybody else could claim to either. 
these men have been secretly negotiating a planned Armageddon. And you have conclusive evidence of this? Yes. Yeah. White kids said nigga. Something like, like, it was un, uncalled for. It was like, oh, nigga. Like when the, when the, because the, the screen went black. Oh, nigga. Bro, I got up, I walked over, I stood over that white kid, I smacked the shit out of him. I said, don't you ever, bro. Never. So when I say this, and then I evolved and I saw I was wrong, like, I, I was at uh, Jerry's Deli in the Valley, and I was with this Nigerian sister, and we were going to get some food. He said, you, that black nigger bitch, something. And I learned, I didn't want to assault him, so then I just spit on him. But I learned that that's assault as well. All these things I learned from personal interactions with the police, from spitting on, slapping. I've evolved. It's a word. It's a fucking word. So by this time, I think I, I hadn't evolved. I've evolved past slapping and then I slowly evolved. What I found out spitting is also assault. I wasn't, I was the one trying to calm down my friend. I was, I was the one vouching for Kid Rock. Like, yo, he has, he's adopted a black kid. Like, let him slide. He used, you know, he just, he has a song where he says, he's talking about a black girl he was dating in high school. He goes on tour. You know, I was like, he's been on tour. Ice, he was on opening for Ice Cube in the death certificate era. That's where Kid Rock come from. Going to the projects to make music. I've heard all these stories. I don't know if they're true. Um, but I love Only God Knows Why. So I got into his music and then I was playing it for my homeboy and Terry was like, nah. Because he's like, yeah, he's telling the story of this girl and he's like, he was on tour and she got knocked up by this dope dealer nigga. And I was like, uh, yeah, uh. But he ends up, the kid is 100%, I believe 100% black. And he adopted the kid anyway and took the girl back. So I was like, ah, you do that? I'm going to give you one N-word, Kid Rock, when you're telling your story. In, within context, I'm gonna let you live. I try to not get mad. Now as time went on, the two kept on. They kept seeing each other off and on. See, she moved to the city, and you know what happened. Black chick with a real white accent. Pretty girl in the ghetto, go figure. Yeah, she got mad by some dope dealer nigga. I was wrong. Terry was right. Who knew that fucking Kid Rock would go off the rails and become fucking a ridiculous Republican idiot? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special announcement from the 45th president of the United States of America. Hello, everyone. I love you all. I know you're having a great time at the Kid Rock concert tonight. Quite frankly, he's amazing. All of you in attendance are the true backbone of our great country. Hardworking, God-fearing, rock and roll patriots. Bob is truly one of the greatest entertainers of our time. Let's all continue to love one another, fight for our God-given freedoms, and most of all, let's make America rock again. 
I have a Ken Rock story that I, I won't share out of respect for someone, but he was a dick to somebody really close to me. And, and he was very lucky that this person didn't light up his life. Oh, man. And I saw it. And I, I yeah, it was, yo, shout out to my homie giving him a pass. We could have turned that whole party out. Fuck him. From that interview, I forgot I had a personal. I don't like to cancel people over words and whatever. We could have a conversation, but he was a dick. So fuck him. I don't want to cancel him or none of that shit, but fuck him. But only God knows why still slaps. Devil without a cause is still slaps. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's, he's, a, he's an asshole with some good music. Um, and that's a fun fuck him, okay, guys? Before you blast us all over the internet. Hi, Bob Ritchie. So I know some real niggas that will strap slap you. I was one. And then everyone else I know still is one. I try not to physically assault people over words. Uh, you could be down with us. I growed up. We ain't the same color when police show up. Learn that one too. Being in Living Legends, you know, let the white guys drive. Going on tour, you put the white guys in the front seat. Black rappers don't sit in the front seat when you're going through any part of America, but definitely middle America, things you have to learn. My culture's not a trend being, this is when I, th- I was giving myself props on this one because the beat slap and I had a little, 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 I had a little cadence going. Like, you know, my culture's not a trend being black is not in, but for you, it's just a phase you're going to have to transcend while even if I tried, I could never blend into society's mainstream American dream. Yes, all one love, but remember one thing, This music is my life, not a cultural fling. It's an expression of the soul when we dance and sing. And you are blessed to have a chance to even glance the scene. And this is for. I wrap my ass off on that one, y'all. No, I'm not. I I don't think I've said that much in these 30 episodes. But my motherfuckers got to give me mine for that. Yeah. I think that's all pretty self-explanatory. My culture is not a trend. My mom told me this. About early on, when I used to have white friends that I thought were down, and she was like, "Yeah, Nicholas, when they get tired of hip hop, or when they grow up, they always have the option of going back to being white. They could always fall back on their privilege. You, especially, you know, we talk often in this podcast about rap not being a viable opportunity. They're like, you are out here living check to check, blah blah. blah. You know, even this is also when she wasn't really supportive of my career, like." I was cut off. I wasn't being able to borrow no money. My mama didn't press tapes. She didn't buy no studio time. She didn't do none of that. She was like, you're out here playing for keeps. And these motherfuckers, you could just go back and be white. And um, I watched as the white fans gravitated towards Grouch and Eli. I watched as I would stand at the merch booth all night and Eli would be off getting high. Grouch would be off trying to get laid. And they would still triple my merch sales, even though I stood and took every picture and signed every CD. Um, it's going to get tricky. You know, I'm I'm just going to bite the bullet and, you know, like stuff I didn't want to talk about to the end of my career. But like, you know, like I, I get just like you look at my social media numbers and you look at that, and then you look at the touring numbers and they don't match up. It's just, it's weird, you know, like it's uh, something that I started seeing at this time and I'm like oh, okay you guys like you know we'll get into it later um, but this is more for the people who thought I've seen that were down but yeah I've seen 
people just leave hip hop and go straight, get amazing jobs. That isn't an option for me or wasn't an option for me. I couldn't do that as easily. I believe I can do anything I put my mind to. But um, yeah, it's a, it was a trip to see some people fall in and out of hip hop. And uh, God bless you for having that choice. This is it. It's in me. It's not on me. To quote Nipsey and many other people, but Nipsey is the most famous for saying that. And uh, yeah, go donate to the run. Even if I tried, I could never blend in. It's all one love. But remember one thing. This is also to, you know, for me, I've, I had dreads before this. Like, I've been in, I've, I've always had Rasta, you know, like watching uh, the reggae fest at UCLA and watching how reggae has been co-opted by white America. So that's where it's all one love. As the movie One Love is out, I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. My kids started crying, so I took care while my wife finished the movie. Um, it's all one love, but remember one thing. This music is my life. Life. You know what I mean? Like, it's so many. I don't know any of these. You know, I don't want to speak, you know, because I don't, I don't think the, a lot of these rosters are fond of me. Um, but, like, when you see Sisla, like, or you hear of uh, Capleton, how they have communities and or, or the maybe communes with the most respectful name, like, they're living off the land. They are Rasta for real. A lot of these American Rasta, um, Trustafarians, as some say, bands, like, what are you doing with the money, bro? Are you living off the land like his imperial majesty uh, wanted? Or, or like, like for me, like, like to me, the true Rasta, you know, and I, I get really loose with Rasta. I try to be loose because a lot of people judge me based on the traditional guidelines of Rasta. But, um, you know, have you been to Shash? There are, there are other people living in Shashamani in Ethiopia, the, the land that his imperial majesty, Haile Selassie, left for Rasta. It's not just something you get high, you dance to, or you, you sing. Have you, you know, this music is same thing with hip hop. This music is my life, not a cultural fling. It's an expression of the soul when we dance and sing. Your ancestors or your, when you go back to Dutch music, it doesn't sound like hip hop. When we pull up these videos and, and documentation of African culture, it sounds, they're, Breakdancing, crip walking, all of it is Africa still coming through us. You are a guest. And that's for better or worse, because you can always leave. We can't leave this shit. So if you're going to come in and be a guest, act accordingly. Same music, they stopped coming to shows. It's like they scared of the white boys in the front row. First, I was like, So, I'ma get my dough. But the numbers kept falling as my fan base would grow. And now I'm concerned, so I gotta speak up. First, the money was the only thing shutting me up. But now I don't care. Don't support me, get mad. Why wouldn't you abort me? My own people have. I feel I should have the scans white rappers have. It's sad, but that's the way it is. What's the reason that my album doesn't sell like his? And don't front 
like you don't know why the hell that is It's because he's white, you can relate to his face Through the years you've been taught that black is unsafe Plus it's only natural for your own to be embraced Conscious or subconscious, you can't say that ain't the case Only reason it took so long to take place was Up until now your only choice was third base For others like ice wasn't really that tight Now you got some white dudes who can truly rock the mic You relate to their stories cause you share that past Question is, why would you listen to Mercer's Black ass? I asked myself for a while, but now I finally get it Good music transcends all physical limits It's more than something that you hear It's something that you feel when the author and experience and passion is real Used to feel I should be silent, I was scared to do this song But I want everyone aware of what is going on Yes, it is jazzing, yes, it is the bluesing Yes, it is the exact same way they did rock But I refuse to watch the same thing happen to hip-hop I refuse to watch that bullshit And this is for Man, I do the same music. They stop coming to shows. It's like they scared of these white boys in the front row. First, I was like, so? I'm going to get my dough. But the number kept falling as my fan base would grow. We started out La Pena. They're still a not-for-profit operator in Berkeley. I just made a small donation to them. Shout out to them. Underground Survivors was a weekly open mic that Mystic Journeyman put on in Berkeley. And there were a lot of African-American college co-eds that went to these shows. There were lots of black folks at this show. White people were the minority at Underground Survivors. This is where Living Legends started back in 1996. I don't know when they started doing Underground Survivors. But the La Pena Cultural Center... Uh, on Shattuck. Put your hands up if you like what you hear. Ah. Ah, yeah. Oh, Alright. Oh, it's like this, y'all. You might think everything was cool, but we found what's going wrong. I climbed into the back of this fortress with long cool records and all these doors. I didn't know that hip hop like at the Roots show you go to a Fuji show we were all going to Goody Mob shows like Hyro shows there were Stela shows there were still black people predominantly black crowds when I went to see when I go to Unity these underground hip hop clubs when I grew up went to Unity Unity got a little more brown a lot more brown after I moved back from the Bay but it wasn't predominantly white you do Unity now it would be predominantly with the same aesthetic um, playing the same records you would get a different looking crowd. So I'm processing, once again, all this, I'm, this is all this shit I'm processing. Shout out to Satire, just spoke to him, and I will put this other feather in my cap. There's not a lot of songs about nothing on these records, especially this one. Uh, I think this is around the time I ran the, read the Rolling Stone, like greatest 500 songs of all time, and it was like very few hip hop songs. And all the songs in general are usually about love. And I was realizing, like, man, hip-hop doesn't make love songs. Love is timeless. Walk like a man, freak these tales. Like, I have a concept on every song, but it's not, like, hard to grasp, obscure, and not fun. I try to put a hook. And ninth is making sure the beats are are are, are slapping, so it's like a, 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 a balance, man. But I'm not just rapping for rap's sake anymore. And... My friend just made me aware, like, I was like, man, maybe I need therapy. He's like, man, you've been processing your music in front of all of us. I mean, your your life in front of all of us for so many years. And I think that's why it's so personal that it, it isn't mainstreamable. <laughs> 
Well, my mother even critiqued that. Like, if you were a little less specific, you know, but this is my therapy. It has been. And as I haven't written a rap in over, you know, almost a year, coming up on a year, this is what this becomes. Um, and I actually have a therapist, kind of life coach now. So taking care of myself is still a rough transition. Anyway, I do the same music. They stop coming to shows like they scared of the white boys in the front row. After I made this album, uh, I started dating. Uh, I started, you know, dating a little bit. And one girl came to the house and she was like, well, you only like white girls anyway. And I was like, what the fuck? How did, like, I was, I had only been intimate with one white woman at that point in my life. I was like, I was adamantly opposed to sleeping with white women. And this is the reputation I have now because of what this scene has become. And I had no part in that. I just went out and played shows and tried to stay off of the block. You Now you understand, like, walk like a man. All these things are happening. And the slug is like, yo, you want to come and rap for $75 a night? Yes, motherfucker. Yeah. Do you know what's going on at my house? I'm out of here, bro. Fuck you mean? I just went to jail for pissing in public. And I was in there with some motherfuckers that I do not want those problems at all. I am not built like that. Get me the fuck out of here. Because I know at this point, I don't have control over my mouth or the discipline to not hang out in places I shouldn't be or go out. Like, I'm still going to the sloths and I'm still, I need to be away as much as possible. And during that time, I created a scene of white fans that love me. And just like I don't judge you for selling crack, like the motherfuckers, you know, I'm not going to, don't judge me. Because I rap for white, I rap for everybody. If the white people show up, they show up. I'm not for them using the N-word or getting super comfortable with me in ways where they feel they, like when you're a guest in this house, that doesn't, that means you can't tell us how to move around the furniture. Especially as a white American, your house is a fucking mess too. And it's fucking up my house. You're bringing down my property. You're making, I can't focus on cleaning my house because of the shit that's coming out of your fucking house. It's fucking up my front yard. So before you tell me what's wrong with black America, motherfucker, go check in with your uncle in the MAGA hat. They shafted my president. They would have had the vaccine, already had it, but they wouldn't give it to him because they knew damn good and well he'd be reelected. There wasn't nothing nobody could do. So they had to swindle around and skin around and keep it from him just as soon as the election was over. Here, we got it. You shafted my, me, uh, my president. I ain't taking your medicine. Go to your corner and fuck with your people, man. I, I'm making songs like this for them. You you know what? And we can meet in the in amongst our mess and be Americans. But what you're not gonna do is rearrange the furniture in my house. And hip hop is my house. Let's not get that twisted. And when I say mine, I mean us. Black and brown Americans. I'm I do not like the way Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, Haitians, or anyone else, Jamaicans are excluded from that conversation. Um, any Afro-Latino peoples. They were there at the beginning, the very beginning, since its inception, as far as I know. But, well, yeah, so you're not going to come over here and, and tell us what to do. Fuck out of here. Can you appreciate it? Yeah, I like skateboarding. I like fucking snowboard. I got, yeah. I like baseball. Fucking love the Dodgers, man. What the fuck? Like, I like NASCAR. All this shit. 
but I'm not about to come and try to change the culture of your shit or tell you what's wrong with it. You know, you're, that would be an insult to your intelligence. There, there are some ignorant people on both sides that need to be educated, but I feel by people who understand their path. It doesn't matter the color of skin, but if you don't understand someone's struggle, I can't go to Billy Bobby and be like, hey man, if we had electric cars and NASCAR, that'd be so much better for the environment. Blah. Nah, bro. You talk to that motherfucker. That's your people's, man. Go, you know, handle that. Like, that's what something else gang culture taught me. Like, I, your people's out, like, my homies that are still involved in the streets, they say they will make a call. Hey, look, our little, this little dude from, oh, from our set came over there that we got it. Our bad. Like, can we handle that? And they will handle it. Or can y'all handle that over there? It's messy when you cross lines, bro. So I'm going to get my, now I'm going to start sound fan. Now I'm concerned, so I got to speak up. And I'm not just speaking up. I went and I could have done an album all produced by LP. Cold Vein, one of the best rap albums ever made, produced by LP. He's my friend. He produces Run the Jewels. He's great. I knew he was great back then. He could have done the whole record. But I went to Ninth because I was concerned about the lack of black people listening to my music. Because I love my people. Now I'm concerned, so I got to speak up. First, the money was the only thing shutting me up. But now I don't care. Don't support me. Get mad. Why wouldn't you abort me? My own people have. I feel I should have the scans white rappers have. It's sad, but that's the way it is. What's the reason that my album doesn't sell like his? And don't front like you don't know why the hell that is. It's because he's white. You relate to his face. Through the years, you've been taught that black is unsafe. Plus, it's only natural for your own to be embraced. Conscious of subconscious, you can't say that ain't the case. The only reason it took so long to take place was up until now, your only choice was third base. The others like ice wasn't really that tight. Now you got some white dudes who could truly rock the mic. You relate to their story because you share their past. Question is, why you listen to my black ass? I asked myself for a while. Now I finally get it. Good music transcends all physical limits. It's more than something that you hear. It's something that you feel when the author and experience and passion is real. Used to feel I should be silent. I was scared to do this song. But I want all of y'all aware of what is going on. Yes, it is jazz. Yes, it is the blues. Yes, it's the exact same way they did rock. But I refuse to watch the bullshit happen in hip hop. I refuse to watch this. I was trying to say it one more time. I flubbed the line and knife blessed me with the, I refuse to watch this bullshit. One thing he fixed for me. Yeah, man. And it's happening anyway. And it's happening fucking anyway. Race is a real touchy subject in America and still within hip hop culture. The message behind this song has been misconstrued and the white people that I met that get offended in the comments or some people have come to me told me like I was a fan until I heard that song or until you performed that song I just let it go take it how you feel it has always been my uh my motto so I'm gonna keep saying what's on my mind this is I did the song uh, one year South by Southwest I got so frustrated it's before the song came out I was supposed to do a set at uh, Emo's, I believe it was a Rhyme Series showcase, I just got up and did this song and was stormed off stage. Like, with my shirt off, I was mad. Any white boy who thinks he knows my struggle because he misses a Tupac and is a dribbling double. Now I ain't got problems with you being yourself. 
no help. I might not trip. Hey, your boys are mad at you, but I know some real niggas that'll straight up slap you. And you can be down, but let's act grown up. We ain't the same color when police show up. Our culture's not a trend. Being black is not in. But for you, it's just a phase. You're gonna have to transcend. Well, even if I tried, I could never blend in. Society's mainstream American dream. Yeah, it's all one love, but remember one thing. It's expression of the soul. It was just a hard thing for me to see is because it was right after we did God Loves Ugly and then we did a warp tour during the summer and we did like spot dates for um to support the warp tour because warp tour we weren't making a lot of money. Sean wasn't making a lot of money, so we did um different states that weren't in violation of the radius clause. When you do Shows, there's a radius clause. You can't do a show 30 days before or 30 days after within 90 minutes or 90 miles of the venue or something like that. So we would find the sweet spots. A lot of groups on bands on Warped Tour do. I'm not criticizing Warped Tour. I think it's how they keep ticket prices low. Everything, I think it's a perfect format. Um, so we would do these shows to, to you know, get supplemental income. So we did uh, different markets. If I start talking about one of the markets, I'm going to go off on a tangent. But you guys heard a little bit about the New Mexico story. So the, we did New Mexico. And uh, shout out to Thomas there. And uh, he's the promoter's a friend. He's been doing stuff for years. And uh, we did a pack show. Then uh, came back to do... Uh, I'm sorry, no, this wasn't where This is God Loves Ugly. Holy moly, I think. It wasn't. It was before the horrible night because it was the. So the guy told me, uh, we did we did a pack night on uh, God Loves Ugly. We had felt everybody there saw me perform. People there, we had done that show, that venue a couple times, packed with uh, Living Legends and High Row. And uh, we came back. I came, I came back six months later when I dropped into the beginning, I believe. And they were like, a third of the people there. And I was like, what the fuck? And it may be less than a third. It may have, it was pretty empty. It's a huge building. And the promoter, like, knows I did a good show with Slan. Sean sees the, like, he's a promoter. He does this for a living. He still does, I think. He's like, okay, these people like Merce too. Cool. Atmosphere was coming to, on another tour, three months later, Oh, I think it was it was the Warp Tour show that was coming. So I was on the Warp Tour show that was coming. Three, to, it hadn't, it had just been pre-sale, and I hadn't, I hadn't been announced on the bill. But the pre-sale, three months in advance, the tickets went on sale. Like I think the day before my show that night. I'm hoping this makes sense to you guys. We did a show about six months before it was sold out. I came back six months later on my own run after I dropped into the beginning, and. The slug show that had just gone on sale a couple days before my show was happening. My show, I'm at my show. I'm in the back after my show. I'm like, what happened to the promoter? I think it's before I go on stage. He's like, pull me to the side. And he's like, slug sold more tickets basically in two days than you sold tonight. I was like, how is that possible? It didn't make sense to me. I'm like, I thought, you know, God loves ugly. I went from opening for Sean to just doing a set with Sean. 
to doing a set with Slug. He was kind enough to let me be his hype man and do songs. And we did felt songs. We did aneurysm. We did uh, uh, hot bars. I did Marshall's Award. Like, it was like a combined set. Now here I stand at the threshold of anger, a pathway to which I am no stranger. Danger lurks the other side. Once I cross, I black out and I start to act out. Act my age, act my color, act a fool, acting other than myself. In a way, quick to the shelf and dusted off the AK at war for no reason. America's demon now residing, hiding the beast underneath an inch of flesh and skull. If the brain vein pops, might become a vegetable. So I take the stress and pull hard on a cigarette, thinking that an aneurysm might just be a quicker death. I flick the red and keep it set. So I'm like, I got promoted with my homie. He brought me up to this level. Everyone's feeling it's not like when I did songs during Sean's set. Everyone would go quiet. People love those songs too. I was selling lots of merch. I felt like I was making new fans. Maybe he was making new fans and we were doing something. I was definitely making more new fans. He had a larger following at that point. He was like starting to edge away from everyone. But still, there were people at that time who were hearing of Atmosphere because of me and my affiliation with Living Legends and whatever. The West Coast kids were getting hip to Atmosphere through me and various other collaborations. Why? Is he outselling me? And then that whole tour, I just saw markets where, you know, that was like, when I'm with Slug, I do this room. And it still exists now. When I do shows with Grouch in Salt Lake City, we do a 500-person venue. I do a 200-person venue. However, if you look at my Instagram followers or my Spotify monthly listeners, like, I have more, I just don't have them in these spaces. Or they don't come out. And it'll, it, it's just, it flabbergasts me when people will be like, yeah, why don't you, like, after I'm on tour of the garage and they go, why don't you even come to Salt Lake? So I was like, motherfucker, I've been coming to Salt Lake almost every year. You just don't care to stay in touch with my music. And why that is, is up to you. Because it's not that you don't like my music. You're obviously asking me, why don't I come back more? You are more in tune with what Grouch is doing because, and it's okay. It's only natural for your own to be embraced. This was part of me trying not to be mad about it. And now I'm I'm definitely there. Um, I just have an understanding of it. But I would love it if people would look at when you say you're top five rappers and they're all white in a in a culture where white rappers aren't even the half of the the populace or the artists out in in, in hip hop is still dominated by black and brown faces and mostly black rappers. How is it that in this immense field of people for you to listen to, you only choose the white people as the best? Sage Francis, Eminem, Eli, Idea, and Slug. Aesop Brock, LP, Brother Ali, and, you know, Crouch. I'm like, bruh, you, you don't see the issue with that? I don't want to call it a problem, but you don't, you don't see what's, what's happening there. So no, I don't hate that I have white fans. That's not the point. Me doing this album with 316 was trying to get more black fans. A public enemy show in the 90s. Like when I grew up going to Hyro and Tricall Quest, white people weren't the majority, but there were white kids there. Uh, public enemy, there are white, and when I see the concerts, you know, and like Scared, Fear of a Black Planet was a favorite album. The only person I could discuss it with at the time was my best friend who was white. 
Cause I lived in a white, I'm I'm okay. And I'm used to listening to rap with white people. I just want to make sure that I'm not neglecting people who look like me as I was being accused of in my community of, oh, I just want white fans. And that's not true. Coming up, we'll talk about LA video and certain things, but certain artists in, in the black community, larger black artists will look at my shows and go, man, you have a pop audience. And they were wanted that. They wanted to cross over. They're like, I want more white people at my shows. Some of the higher up like R&B artists I was sitting with and when I was on Warner Brothers and shit. I just wanted to make sure I have a message for people who look like me who have a struggle similar to mine. And I want to do my best to get, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to diss. Like I have a problem. I had a problem. And I'm going to say I had a problem with Dead Prez saying cracker in his music. Who shot Biggie Smalls? If we don't get them, they going to get us all. I'm down for running up on them crackers in they city hall. I don't like to insult white Americans. I don't want to be at odds with white Americans. Even though I am, I don't want to be with the majority of, you know, with, you know, with the government, with, with, with the way this, with white supremacy, I have a huge problem, but I don't want to be, I'm at odds with white supremacy. I'm not at odds with white Americans. And there's a distinction. And especially when my white friends or brothers and sisters can know that they're at an advantage and see how we can work together. But there's a lot of work as we go back to the house analogy I made earlier, there's a lot of work that has to be done within the black community by black people. There's a lot of work that has to be done within the white American community with white people before we can go forward as just Americans without the imaginary like race thing. Because really we're Africans and Europeans living in America on stolen land. There's so much for us to get together and, and talk about and discuss once we're at peace with what's going on in our separate communities. And it's not segregation. I just feel like when I made the NASCAR analogy, if I grew up in uh, rural Florida working on cars and I'm black and or I'm white, our, our experiences would be a little different. But if I had an opinion on NASCAR, then that'd be great. But as a kid that grew up in urban America, just getting into NASCAR, I don't feel like I can go in and change the rules and that no matter how familiar I get and how much I learn the sport. I didn't grow up in this sport. This sport isn't in me. Now, if you come from four generations of racing, like my son races go-karts at a black-owned place and black, white, if you race go-karts in here, you know Troy Adams racing. Troy and his family have, have been racing. There's white people, black people that work there. Everybody goes there to race go-karts. Troy is, a, you know, an exception. He's an anomaly or, you know, a, a, a pioneer, if you want to put it that way. But he has a valid opinion when it comes to racing. I don't. And I think those, there are you know, white kids that are, are, or listen, but most of my white friends who do have the ability and the background to speak won't. But hip hop is not that generational yet. We talked about soul samples, like a lot of this shit, y'all didn't grow up on the sound, the funky drummer break that made the foundation for a lot of hip hop that people in my genre love. Funky drummer wasn't played in your house growing up. Your parents weren't allowed to go to James Brown's shows or buy those records. These are race records that we're sampling, so to speak. So it's not in you, it's on you. And when you tell me what's hip-hop and what's not, or when you say this rapper doesn't have the right to say that because it's bad for whatever, I, I hear you. 
but fall back a little bit. Let me, that's a valid point. Of course, it's, we already know it. There's tons of black rappers speaking out about it. Let me, let me work on this. I know how to, I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach it. And we still haven't figured out the best way to approach it. But I can sit and listen. But when you speak with authority and you raise your voice in the house of hip hop is when I have a problem. You buying more grouch CDs than me going to grouch shows. I can't take offense to that. I got to rock with that. I got to be grateful that you still are aware of my music and stream it sometimes. And you like bad. Like, I'm grateful. But I'm, I can't not speak on what's happening. I want you aware of what's happening. Like why? It, if you can, if you have a good reason, why is that? And some of the great reason is I don't listen to a lot of gangster rap. White people I meet who don't listen to gangster rap at all, and their top five rappers are white because they can't relate. That's fine. But when your top five is all white and you still listen to Dipset and you dance to Cash Money and you 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 sing Go Shawty, it's your birthday and many men and you have all these favorite 50 cent songs, that's my problem. When you won't only celebrate black men doing ignorant shit, but when it comes to the shit you that you allow to affect your life and that you you hold in high regard. Oh, this is what I get drunk to. This is what I smoke weed to. This is what I lift weights to. It's not what I love. That's when I think you should start to question yourself. But if you don't listen to any of it and like, yeah, I get it. If you only like Aesop Rock and Anticon and whatever, whatever, and you don't eat, you're not even aware of like, I have a homie that's not even like, he was like, you got to tell me about the blueprint. I missed that because I was too busy listening to underground rap because I don't relate. What part of selling crack and busting caps on motherfuckers do I relate to? So I just stayed away from it. I respect that wholeheartedly. It's the people, you know, I grew up with a kid who went from selling weed with me to a white kid to, you know, criticizing uh, black music and black people. And we do it together. And I thought that that was okay. And, uh, then seeing him in the club, coked out, doing, you know, banging dipset as we, we stripped, we drifted apart from being friends. And then someone showed me his Facebook the other day and he just really went full white American. And that, that shit gets me. That shit gets me. I have non-black friends that have gone on to be lawyers and work in the community and do good work white white friends and I've, I've you know i have all i have but that that one like that and that's the type of person there's many of those people those are the ones that get me but i have no problem with the other side i've gone on too long it's a touchy issue a subject i don't have the right point of view this is just my point of view i do not hate or want anyone not to listen to my music Listen, and then come back with a critique or get mad and leave, and then we have no growth. But um, this is art. If it's provoking, even podcasting, this, this is me breaking down art. This is art history, so to speak. If you have something to say, fucking write me a DM, an email. Like, get on my neck about it. I disagree. I blah, 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 blah. Great. That's where we're growing and we're having discourse. This is not, I present my point strongly, and I'm learning that that puts people off. But I present my point strongly because that's how I make my living. I can't be a, a non-confident rapper being uh, 
convicted when I speak is part of my job description. I can't excel in my profession without it. That doesn't mean, however, it's hard for me to dial it back, so I just have to give that statement. Like That doesn't mean I'm not open to growing or being wrong or compromising or any of that. Have a good one. I'll see y'all soon. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in LA podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316, March 316. See y'all next week. Peace. peace, peace.